This podcast is a Mutant Donkey production. Please consider supporting our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Mutant Donkey. You can follow us on Twitter at AZ at Mutant underscore Donkey. We also have a presence on YouTube on the YouTube uh, Mutant Donkey channel. Thank you. Exquisite! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? We're going to Mutant Donkey channel. What's up? Where's that? Okay, Mopi, your turn. Just no. Try, try saying what's up. Come on. Uh, right? All right, let's do this. Better you have me this time. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Welcome to the Meet Wait, the Donkey that, podcast that was... and shit. I mean, what? Who's <laughs> <laughs> me this time? It's a perfect start. <laughs> That's great. Uh, let's see. So we have Ethan from California. Howdy. We got Andrusito or Andrew from Texas. Yes, sir. We got a newcomer, Mopi, from Texas. Salutations. And we have Ethan Cito from Cali, Texas. Right? What? From Texas. Yeah! Is that him? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Sure. Perfect, perfect. So, okay, I guess we can get started. So, are we doing anything new this time? Like, last time we went around the table, we introduced everybody, right? But I think that people want to talk a little bit more about themselves and their interests, right? This time around? Sure. Uh, sure, yeah, that works great. Uh, okay, so you think California, you want to get us started on that front? Tell us about oh. you and what you're interested in right now, what you're doing. All right, well, um, I am Ethan. I am a writer and a teacher. And uh, right now, over the last little bit, I've been getting into a couple of different games that I've been enjoying quite a bit. Uh, Surviving Mars, uh, which actually took me back and... Uh, Got me playing some uh, Kerbal Space Program again. Cool. Well, I think um, Ethan from Texas played that too. It really oh, it's it, they're both a lot of fun. Um, I've kind of been bouncing around between TV shows, but uh, I stumbled across one that was that uh, my son and I have really been enjoying. I've got a six-year-old who um, we it's it's called uh, Knife or Death. Knife and, or Death. That's for six-year-olds. Well, it's uh. it, if you saw it, you'd understand that it is clearly being developed for a six-year-old mentality. But uh, I mean, I'm not judging. Mopi and I watch Nightmare Texas or whatever that is. So, <laughs> I mean, Midnight Texas. Sorry, Nightmare. but please Fair continue. Enough. Sorry. Well, it's just the show where it's a, it's from the History Channel, and it's a spinoff of their uh, show Forged in Fire, which is kind of interesting. You get to see people you know, blacksmiths making blades and weapons and stuff like that. And fortunately, I, I always found the, you know, a lot of the, the, the judges on there to be kind of tough to swallow. They're a little, they're a little much for me, but where they have judges, they do because you've got to judge the. Oh, I thought it was his uh, documentary on people making weapons and stuff. No, no, it's a competition uh, show. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And so this is like an extension of it where people that have like knives and swords go on like these obstacle courses to like chop stuff. And uh, oh, cool. yeah, so you get to see, and every week it's the same. You've got, uh, you know, a bunch of people that are like in the competition scene. They're, they're really big on it. I didn't even know that, that such a sport existed. And then you've always got like one person in a costume. And uh, yeah, my son, uh, my son and I really enjoy watching that. So it's been interesting. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that show existed. That sounds really interesting. I think I'm going to have to... That's... What was the name again? Death by... Knife or Death. Knife or Death. 
and all the competitions are puns based on cutting or chopping or knifing. Did you ever see that Netflix show? Well, it's not a Netflix show, but it was like a competition also, like called Steampunked. Oh, yes. Yes, and again... (laughs) What? It was was interesting. My wife and I... uh, it was the the concept of calling people makers. Oh yeah, because it, you know it's. I make all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the usually, time. usually right after a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, usually after my exactly. colonoscopy, I I can make really easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so uh, yeah, we watched that. But uh, on the gaming front, um, I was kind of kind of laughing. Um, it turns out that NASA has been. Um, really really wise and never hiring me to do anything for them at any capacity <laughs> uh because it is no matter how much i play kerbal space program i do nothing more than just create you know 120 foot sticks of dynamite <laughs> and uh surviving mars which is a colony building game i've done nothing except for build these magnificent little slaughterhouses on uh, on mars so <laughs> Yeah, NASA. Good, good job not hiring me. Well, you know, Kerbal's Kerbal Space for Program was is one of the highest rated games on PC Gamer on PC Gamer magazine, and I've oh, never I played it. But is it is it that good, really? It is a lot of fun. Um, it's almost a straight physics simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that it is really good, and as a result, if you don't get things right, you know, you are you get to see these magnificent explosions. Um, <laughs> I think my first rocket, I forgot. I got, I put a nose cone, uh, a gas or a, a fuel tank, and a rocket. And I was like, "All right, let's do this thing." Um, and it went way high up. But then I realized that I didn't have any kind of ejector system, and so Ooh. all I had to do was just watch my little guy, you know, <laughs> freaking out as he's, you know, got a one-way ticket to the center of the world. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's kind of mean too. <laughs> It's it is, but you know you get over it. Okay, so so it's a lot more specific, a lot more realistic than Empyrean. I know you played a little bit of Empyrean. I don't know if you've got to mess around with the shipbuilding system of Empyrean and if you compare it to Kerbal or no. Um, no, with with Empyrean, it was it's a lot more forgiving because it's just sort of assumed that you know yeah you, you're kind of doing it partially for looks and partially for you know the style or whatever, but it's. Mm-hmm. No, with Kerbal, it is straight up. If you if you don't put fins on it, that thing's going nose over, you know, okay. nose over tail, and then right into the ocean. Well, I want to get Ethan from Texas input on this because he played. I don't think he played that game, but he played a different one. It was like a space engineering game. Is that right? Um, um, maybe. Yeah, I played the space engineering game, but it wasn't. It was more like Empyrean than it was like uh, Kerbal. So in that one, you get you don't get to build spaceships, or what do you build in that game? Well, it worked a lot like Empyrean, you know, and had the blocks that you build spaceships with. Okay. It just wasn't like a NASA simulator, basically. Okay, so it wasn't as realistic as what Ethan, the yeah, other Ethan's talking like, about. It was more like the sci-fi to colonize a planet, whatever. Oh, okay. Oh, so you, except, got, you had to go over there and colonize it? Yeah, except okay. Alec and I would never make it to the planet. Oh no! Because so you never made spawn, it to the planet. We would spawn in like a life pod mm-hmm. or whatever that was like ten minutes away from the planet, mm-hmm. and we would have to fly there in a ship that was like about to fall apart. And then we'd always have issues landing and then blow up. 
So you never actually made a landing on Mars? No. Uh, or did you make the, the landing at about, you know, ten times the speed of sound? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's because of the thinner atmosphere, right? You don't have as much air resistance, so you land really hard. I don't know. Right. Difficult. So, but anyway, here's a fun fact. Andrew worked for NASA. Yeah, I, I was a scientist at NASA, and you guys both fit in perfectly. We're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Andrew, you worked at NASA, and I... This was in the news this week, and uh, I wanted to bring it up. But, um, of course, the Opportunity rover sent its last message this week, which was, uh, my batteries are low, yeah, and yeah. it's getting dark. It's getting yeah. dark. And <laughs> that's, that's very sad, except I think what the, the part that's incredibly sad <laughs> is that there is a programmer at NASA that created that line of text to be delivered. Yes. It also <laughs> made Opportunity sing itself happy birthday every year. Oh, yeah, man. There is one guy at NASA that really needs help, and we've got to find him, and we've got to get him the help he needs. <laughs> no, he's a rock star. Like, whoever that guy is, is basking in the sun right now and loving life. All of his hard work has just finally paid off. Can you imagine oh, waiting man. for that all this time? <laughs> no kidding. I and, you know, he, was probably, he, he was probably sitting somewhere just wondering if that news was going to break. Like, are they going to tell people that I said that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Well, I, I just I want to make sure that somebody gives that guy a hug on some level. Because... <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a hero. A real American hero. By the way, Anne didn't know that show existed. And I did, because they showed that show in Colombia back in the day. And she never watched it. I guess in Louisiana, they didn't play it. So, the greatest American hero? Yeah, because I was looking at it, and it looked a little bit... Because I was watching at the, the trailer for Shazam. And I thought that the costume maybe looked a little bit similar to that Greatest American, you know, the whole red with the little logo on the thing. Yeah, the little logo so, on the chest. Yep. So I thought it looked a little bit similar. I don't know. They were they're lo they're both kind of like really do-gooders, right? Like really vanilla kind of do-gooders. Oh yeah, super. So vanilla. so it kind of reminded me of that when I talked to Anne. She's like, I have no clue who the Greatest American Hero is. So I played her the the opening scene. Well, I I, I remember watching that show back in the day, and I was. Because, you know, I, I uh, the act that was involved, um, I always thought that it was a made-for-TV version of Disney's old movie, Condor Man. Oh, oh Condor yeah. Man. Because they both had the kind of wiry, you know, curly hair, and they were yeah. both completely inept at what they were doing. Was like, <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this just him real. with, like, actual superpowers? Or... <laughs> yep. Because I really liked the boat. If we could just get the boat in Greatest yeah, America, that, that would be what I want. If only it had gone a little bit longer. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's continue around the table. we got to introduce Mopi, because this is the first time that Mopi is in our podcast. So, hi, Mopi. Yeah. Tell Hello. us what you're about and what are you interested in and what you're doing. Okay. I am Mopi. I um, love video games, and I'm a dancer. I play a Oh, she lot made me dance, by the way, this, this past I week. Yeah, was I, direct, I was dancing ballet on my tiptoes, <laughs> like a ballerina. I'm Took the yeah. ballet class and his and hands I, look like claws. Yeah, we're doing great, right? That was awesome. Sure. Let's be yeah. honest, most of Andreas looks like claws. <laughs> Whatever, true. man. I was rocking that floor, man. All of Moopy's friends were like, yeah, look at that, look at that. <laughs> we were all laughing at him. Great. So, That's my yeah, I'm, I'm a dancer. I do tap ballet, contemporary jazz, and some hip hop. 
Yeah. And then I play video games on Steam, and I'll also play Roblox, definitely. And most important of all, you play what? What? What's the most important game that you play? You don't remember? No. What do you mean, no? What? You play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I play Dungeons and Dragons. And it's clearly very important to you. Definitely. <laughs> it yeah. is. You don't want to tell us about your character in D&D? Okay, my character's name is Jade Storm. She is a half-elf druid. She's got a pet cat or something? I have a tiger named Slade. Oh, yeah. And he likes to eat people, right? Jade and Slade, yes. Correct. Okay. Oh, cool. good lord, it does rhyme, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. How did I not pick up on that? <laughs> you got it. So, um, okay, well, let's go back to Eat from California. Let's see, did you want to, you said you wanted to talk about some websites or some books that you're reading? Or? Oh, yeah, so um, I, I've come across a couple of sites as a writer. Um, you're always kind of on the lookout to get, you know, you want people to review your books since you can get a, you know, more of a, uh, more of an audience going. And I stumbled across this website. Uh, it is called uh, thefantasyin.com. Okay. Um, you know, it just just all that, and it does uh, a lot of independent, uh, a lot of independent authors that are out there. Uh, they 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 specialize in that. Um, the part that kind of makes this one special, and the part that really attracted me to it, and that I love, is uh, there's a section called Walls Bar. Okay. And one of the people that uh, uh, that uh, does these reviews. Okay. Right. So the, she will review a book. Uh, she has really good reviews. You know, they're very kind of even-handed and, you know, really respectable. Mm -hmm. But then she creates a custom cocktail based on the book. Oh, okay. So I've, a couple of times I've gone in and I've just been like, well, I liked the drink, so now i got to check out the book. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. Um and it was one of those things where there's a there's a couple of people that are out there doing that where they're trying to kind of get crossover between, you know, the the stuff you like from you know literature and kind of bringing in some other experiences to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really kind of encouraging to see that there are people out there that are now kind of innovating in the field. And uh, a lot of the drinks are a lot of fun. A lot of the books that she reviews are a lot of fun. Okay. And uh, you know, you just kind of want to get the word out there that these people exist. So these authors that are on this website, where do they come from? Are they self-published or are they regular authors or how does it work? Uh, most of them are self-published, um, but they're kind of the high end of self-published. This okay. isn't the, uh, you know, the, the I was seduced by a T-Rex millionaire who also drove a Ferrari. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these are the people that are sort of, you know, either the up-and-comers that are going to start getting the the contracts and going to the to traditional publishing or they're just the people that are you know flying under the radar doing their own thing and really kind of putting out you know something that's pretty special if not you know they're the books that you'd want to read but you know people would be less likely to take a chance on them because of um you know, the the subject matter is a little bit off, or maybe they're okay. not kind of a traditional narrative, or you know, they're a little 
they're a little bit different. And another reason that I really, really like that is that you can get those, again, different chain, those different points of view and those different voices out there. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I more than anything like to help encourage and, and promote that sort of thing. So is, does this work kind of like crowdfunding? How do you, what do you pay or who do you pay to read these books that are on this website? Um, most of the time you just go to Amazon. Oh, okay. Uh, they have the links through the sites. Okay, um, gotcha. And uh, yeah, these are these are some really it's it's some really fun stuff. So, are you thinking of publishing anything on this site? Well, I've been in contact. I would love to get uh, my uh, my novel reviewed on it. Um, okay. And to be honest with you, even if the review never went up, I just want to see what drinks you'd make based on it. You want to give us a title for a novel? Uh, it is um, Trench, a fantasy novel of epic inconsequence. Okay, and that little synopsis. Oh, it's um, so the idea is is it's a whole world of magic and wonder and amazing sights and incredible adventure, and you only get to see about two hundred yards of it oh. uh, because your the characters are stuck in basically a never-ending cycle of trench warfare oh man and it is a it's sort of a comedy based on the desperation of people that are pretty sure they're not going to live to see their 30th birthday yeah kind of like uh, all quiet on the western front with fantasy yes okay and a lot more drinking a lot more drinking yeah those poor boys didn't get to drink enough or if any yes um, okay well we'll add this link to the show notes and the fantasy so, you know, I'd really appreciate it because they, they deserve all the attention they get. All right. We got them in there. I'm writing stuff down as we're doing this cast. So I'm writing anything that we need to post or anything. So let's go to Andrusito from Texas. What are you reading? Are you reading anything or what? What do you, is there any literature you want to talk about? Or any so I, I needed a, a, a pseudo brain break from all my MBA readings. And I took a deep dive into some you know, really um, Intense literature. I'm, I'm reading the Troll Hunter book. The tro- from that cheesy movie guys... Troll that we saw on Netflix. No, it's actually Guillermo del Toro. Oh, and, it is. And, uh, and somebody else that he partnered up with made a cartoon series on Netflix, which okay. went for two or three seasons. It ended. Uh, it was really good. The book is, uh, it's it's different. It's it's not incredibly different, but different enough that it's uh it's pretty cool i mean it's it's young adult type stuff it's pretty light so it's a a break from from regular adult type things but it's uh it's pretty good so it should be a pretty easy read then flows pretty well yeah 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 okay and uh aside from my mba stuff uh, that's that's pretty much the only thing i've been reading okay and then how about mopi mopi are you reading anything or any websites you'd like to talk about I'm not reading anything currently. No, but normally, what do you like to read? Um, I like to read graphic novels. Yeah, which ones? Please don't say Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with The Walking Dead? Huh. Nothing. Apparently, I'm a bad parent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. there, there's evidence to support that at this point. Yeah, there, there's a picture whenever the, the hurricane hit Houston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were out of things to do, so more people was reading The Walking Dead with their dog next to her. I remember that. Yep. Oh, okay. 
So uh, let's see, Ethan from Texas, is there anything you're reading or any websites you want to talk about? Why don't you just say Ethancito? Oh, okay, Ethancito is Ethan from Texas from now on. Here you go. Okay. Well, uh, recently I've been reading this one sci-fi novel called Hope Reborn. And it's about this uh, planet that got colonized by humans. Okay. Uh, but then something happened where contact between the two planets got cut off and then society on the colonized planet kind of fell apart and went uh, backwards so there's all like the futuristic technology is mm -hmm. like lost in the rubble Okay. and they've gone back to kind of like a feudalism sort of system Okay. With, like, repeating rifles and stuff. How are you uh, enjoying that? That's oh, pretty good so far. If you uh, are really enjoying it, um, Orson Scott Card, the guy that wrote Ender's Game, has another book called Treason. And it's similar to that. Um, the idea is that these, I can't remember, his 12 or 16 families were part of this whole, this galactic you know aristocracy think of like you know dunes uh you know house system and they were all traitors against it so they were all exiled to this planet where they had to be basically reverted back to these primitive state and then they had to fight each other to produce stuff that the galaxy wanted to you know basically earn material so they could get off of the planet the first one to get off the planet got to come back and all the other ones would get wiped out Really fun read. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. Is that a young adult novel? Or is that a regular novel? Uh, regular novel, but it's, again, with Orson Scott cards, you get, there's enough crossover there where you could read it if you were a younger reader. And while there's some really strange bits to it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that tricky. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, I guess it's my turn to talk about some books on a website. Uh, do you guys know Kevin J. Anderson, the author? Not personally. I mean, do you know of Kevin J. Anderson? I've heard the name. I think that he wrote some uh, fan fiction for Star Wars and stuff like that. I think. But he also wrote... I met him. I didn't know who the guy was. I met him at Comic Palooza here in Houston like three years ago. And then he showed me his book called The Edge of the World. And it's a series of three books where, you know, it's going to have like a, a Christian society... But not Christian because it doesn't, you know, religions are like uh, mythological, so they're not, they don't relate one to one. Uh, but it's similar to the relationship between Christians and Muslims, and they each occupy part of the same world. And so it's the relationship that happens, and there's a misunderstanding, and they go to war, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it more, but, you know, it's just the adventures that they have trying to discover the world. So it's a very kind of like Magellan or Christopher Columbus kind of thing where they're trying to discover the world. And at the same time, you know, they have to deal with each other's politics. So that is kind of interesting. And then the other author I want to talk about is C.S. Friedman, which until recently I didn't know was a woman because I don't really research the authors normally. I just enjoy the read and I always assumed that it was a man. And I, I read the Cold Fire trilogy about 12, 13 years ago. And it's mm -hmm. insanely good. But it's written from a man's point of view. That's why I always assumed that the author was a man. And just recently when I picked up her next trilogy, which is the Magister trilogy, I realized she was a woman. <laughs> and she, she's an exceptional writer. She's a very unassuming, uh, 
writer and she's got a very commanding uh, vocabulary and uh, it's, it's not extravagant it's just you know she she writes well she speaks well basically and, and the Magic Trilogy uh, it's a story about more of a woman like a witch uh, as she becomes like a sorcerer but the problem in that world sorcerers whenever they cast spells they're using people's life force to cast spells because they don't basically their own flame is extinguished so they they link up to random people and whenever they cast a spell they're still in their life force until they kill them and then once they kill them they have to jump from person to person as they use their magic and uh, it's i don't know it's interesting because they become immortal and power hungry and uh, they get dehumanized it's, uh, and normally it's only um, a men's world and she's like the first one to be that kind of sorcerer so there's a stigma there so their books are extremely well written i'm on the third one right now and actually Anne is starting to read the first one or she's almost done with the first one so oh, and it's really fun to come across those ones that are kind of high concept sort of challenge what you've seen umpteen times in other yeah in other other books it's like a new take on magic, but it's a take that is very interesting because, you know, you always think magic is very overpowered, right? Like, for example, in D&D, &D, except you only get so many spells a day. But in this case, every time you cast a spell, you have to realize you're killing somebody slowly who's linked to you. I mean, you're using their life force. So I don't know, that, that premise is very interesting to me. Uh, it's almost yeah, like, it's a, like a vampire feeding off of a victim, you know? It's, uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting. So, and then the other thing I want to talk about really quick is I wanted to plug in my friend John's website, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, uh, and it's, it's called The Increasingly Improbable Survival of Chance Coppertoe, and Chance Coppertoe is the rogue that is in our D&D &D campaign. Technically, we play Pathfinder, but I just call it all D&D &D anyway. It doesn't really matter. But, uh, and so he started a blog based on our campaign because there were so many things and we have about 13 people in this campaign. So we got to track down every detail of everything. So he's a really good sport and he has taken it upon himself to write down everything. So if you go to, to the blog, you'll see pictures and uh, descriptions of characters and how they meet and where they're going. And uh, the, it's, it's a blog spot. I think Blogspot is the client that hosts it, right? So it's like notes-of-chance.blogspot.com. I'll put that on the show notes if, in case anybody ever wants to follow our adventure. That's where our stuff is. Well, and I love the, the title alone is worth the price of admission there. Yep, and then he's got the graphic. I drew a wanted poster because his character uh, was framed for the murder of the king's cousin. So I drew a little poster of his character stepping on the dead cousin with a knife sticking out of the guy's back. And, uh, and so he's, he's been stopping these wanted posters from following him around. So he's been like hijacking the people that, have, that bring the posters in. And so far he hasn't gotten caught. So we'll see what happens. I was just going to ask if any of your artwork was going to be on the blog. Uh, yes, yes. Actually, John takes pictures of all this stuff. So... There's going to be, yeah, because I normally do like hand sketches of where people are going. And this is kind of how I get started with a pa Patreon, 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 I don't know how to pronounce that word. But uh, it's because I was starting to do sketches for this thing. And then John decided to DM his own campaign. And, and he was starting to purchase like graphics from random websites. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just bought this thing. I'm like, dude, I can make that for you. And then I, I was thinking, you know, maybe other people need, have needs of that same service. <clears throat> you know, gamers that want to, that, that are not great at drawing or they don't have as much creativity or imagination, that, that they do have it in terms of telling a story, but, but maybe they want to accompany it with some art. 
So the Patreon is there to serve gamers of all kinds that have need of somebody to draw stuff for them to go along with their literature, basically. And I can provide some literature too if they need, but I'm not a writer per se. You know, I'm more of an artist than a writer anyway, but you know. Um, no, and that's great because oftentimes you get those situations where people are trying to go out and kind of, you know, add a little bit of texture and depth to whatever it is that they're doing. And uh, yeah, I, think no, I, a little I like picture, that idea. I mean, a little picture goes a long way. I mean, whenever I, I'm talking about something and then I just give everybody a little picture of something like, oh yeah, this is what it looks like, you know, it makes a big difference. So, uh, but no, that's fine. All right, so I guess that was my plug-in for today. Anybody else want to talk about any books or websites before we move on to the next section? No? Okay. Sound, sound, of, sound of crickets means we're ready to go move along. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start with Ethancito, which is Ethan from Texas. Uh, yes, exactly. What have you been playing, including any board games or video games? That you... I that? guess the same as last time, really. CSGO. Really switched it up. Yeah, CSGO. And, um, and what else? I guess I played some... Oh, I played Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs? Yeah. And what is that about? It's, uh, it's this game uh, about an undercover cop in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So they're doing, like, kung fu and stuff. It's pretty cool. Okay. Is it kind of like Grand Theft Auto? Or, or is mm -hmm. it? It is? Okay. So it's an open world yeah. where you go around doing missions as a Yakuza mm -hmm. guy or what? Yeah. You're in the... Uh, it wasn't Yakuza. It was... It was something. Just some mafia organization? Some. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty fun? Mm -hmm. It's got... Uh, it's a third person, right? Uh, yeah, it's a third person. Okay, and then you get a lot of weapons in the game, a lot of customization and stuff? Um, there's actually not a lot of weapons in the game because uh, there are strict gun laws in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly focused, all the upgrades and stuff are focused around different like kung fu moves that you can do. Oh, okay. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. It reminds me of Shenmue a little bit. But I guess you haven't played Shenmue. But and I know Andrew has played Shen Shenmue, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, well, with that, I guess we can segue to Andrew then. What are you even playing? So uh, since last time I played through the um, expansion for XCOM, Enemy Unknown, I played Enemy Within. Oh yeah, you sent me a pic which... of that. It was like a guy in a mech or something. Yeah, it added mechs. It added. Um, gene splicing mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of other like just small additions but the primary game stayed the same which was kind of crazy because to get all that added content for the expansion you had to play through the entire regular game also and it added a couple of new characters in the story it added a couple of subplots and it added sort of a spy element there were spy missions and infiltrations and things like that so um I mean, if anybody had not played Enemy Within, uh -huh. it's an old game. But if you hadn't played it, I would recommend people to start just by going right to Enemy Within instead of Enemy Unknown. Okay. Because you're playing the same game. It's rather than playing it twice. I may just like, do that because, honestly, I never really finished the story the first time around. Uh, it, it, it's worth it. 
it was it was good it was yeah. really good i mean actually. i made it the thing is that i was playing on iron man mode or whatever you call that where you don't get yeah where it automatically saves and you don't get to go back and reload anything so it was kicking my butt honestly well i would yeah. just i would just load up enemy within and play on easy just to get through the story and all the extra bits so okay it's still challenging enough to be fun but how much you is... have to worry about the whole thing ending after a couple of hours okay how much is enemy within um, I think on Steam it's not bad. I I can't remember. I think I got it when it was on sale. So okay. Um, regardless though, I think it's it's pretty cheap now, especially if you already own the original. It's just an add-on. Um, so that 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 I went through completely, and I've started playing a bit of Crackdown Three. Okay. Uh, on the Xbox, I've been playing it on the PC, but it, it's through the Xbox. You're streaming uh, it basically. No, actually, no? it's one of the few games that is also available on Windows f if you have the Game Pass. Uh-huh. So if you have an Xbox Game Pass, you can actually download that game directly to your laptop or computer. Oh, okay. And play without using your Xbox. So that that's oh. what I did. Um, there was an awesome sale. I can't remember if it was Black Friday or during Christmas, but basically the Game Pass was cheaper than buying a game for a mm -hmm. whole year. So I went ahead and signed up for it, which is kind of stupid on my part, being that I'm in my MBA program and barely have any time to game. So <laughs> finally, this game, I went ahead and downloaded it, which is cool with the Xbox side of things because they're exclusives, which aren't very many. But things like Halo, Gears of War, uh, Crackdown 3, those those kind of games, Forza, um, they're releasing those days and date on day and date on Game Pass. So you don't have to buy the game. If you have Game Pass, you can download it and play it. Oh, okay, cool. And so that's what I did with Crackdown 3. And, and basically, it's a futuristic Terry Crews simulator. So uh, What? <laughs> yeah, man. You, you play as Terry Crews. Really? Uh, yeah. A and with armor, with, you know, guns everywhere. Uh, it's the most ridiculous and, and pretty fun thing in the world. Um, the game is real dumb. Like, it's... The, the mechanics are pretty bad. Uh, if it wasn't Terry Crews, this this would have been a bomb. But with Terry Crews, it is the bomb. I I, I love it. it. It's it's great. Uh, I haven't played it that much, but from what I play it, I've had a good time. So can you can you make him jiggle? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure that's probably the skill tree. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't got the to bounce. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Th that's paid I'm, DLC that you want to get. It could be. It could be, and and I will pay for it. Yeah, that's a lot yes. better than that horse armor you get. You used to get for Oblivion, right? That horse armor that I did get. Yes, you got it. You were one of the. Oh Look, man, man I, 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 you know, I was, was it like six dollars for horse barding? I don't even remember. It was just, it was one of the first <laughs> DLC things that popped on the market, and I was oh, like, oh, man. awesome! You can actually add stuff to a game, and I yeah, I bought uh, horse armor. And the, the sad truth is, I don't think I ever saw it. I don't think I saw it once. And if I did see it, I lost that horse like immediately. I, I did. So, uh, my horse is still out there by itself oh, somewhere man. with horse armor that I paid real money for. Somebody's riding your and horse. Out there in the prairie as we speak in the I hope so. world. otherwise it's it's just <laughs> rotting on a corpse out there resting just one awesome. day you walk past a paddock and there's just some horse out there wearing armor <laughs> wearing yep. armor yeah hey so. you say i think i recognize that horse well but we you gotta... know he works on the farm but i wanted him to feel important <laughs> well we have to ask Moopy because Moopy actually uh, rides horses for real right yeah do you ride any horses with armor have you seen one of them in the stables 
I don't ride horses with armors. No, why not? With, with armor. But those, it's not needed. Those are cool. Man. Sure, but um, that's sure. not necessary. No. So, Mopi, what are you playing right now? Wait, wait, wait. No, I almost oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let's I had, finish I had one more. Okay. I, I, I literally just walked by and saw my phone, and I forgot. We had talked about it last oh, time. Oh, the Alien game? Yeah, I played it. Uh, the Alien Blackout. I didn't realize game. it was out already. Yeah, yeah, it came out. Okay. Okay, I'm, go yeah. ahead, Moopy. Okay. Oh, yeah, Moopy. Like... That's all I got to say, man. I mean, I, I played it. And uh, that said that it was a great game, I guess. From that sure. Silence. It was, uh... It's what I expected. It's what we talked about. You, uh, you monitor uh, camera feeds and try to get people from point A to point B without getting murdered violently. And uh, in uh, concept, it, it's exactly what I wanted. But mm -hmm. playing it, I realized maybe not. Not really. Yeah. But I mean, there is another game that's going to come out, right? For, for the Alien franchise that connects to the first game. Um, that's what everybody is hoping, yeah. but it hasn't been confirmed. They haven't outright said that yet. No. Okay. okay, we'll wait. But this does connect directly to that game. Like this, this starts when that game ends. Okay, gotcha. All right, I still need to play through that game. You know, Me the, too. Fir the first one. Uh, so. Me too. Wait, we were going to Mopi, right? Mopi, what are you playing? Yep. 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 I like to play multiplayer games. So. Such as. On Steam. I used to love Seven Days to Die before they put that awful up. I don't like playing on mods. Oh yeah, let's game. let's talk about the patch that just happened in December. Uh, I don't like it. They did a weird patch and it messed everything up. Like my frames per second like drop hugely, and uh, they added a burden system for Seven Days to Die where you can only carry so many items, and then when you yeah. carry more. It starts slowing you down, but your inventory is still not that big anyway, so it doesn't really make sense. And then zombies. And zombies were spawning and glitching, right? Wow. Yeah, definitely. Well, I haven't so, played it since I played with you guys, and that sounds like it kind of breaks the game. It did. It broke yeah, it. Yeah, it, it broke it, it to just, the point where Moopy logged off, and Art logged off, <laughs> and it was just wow. Candyman and I playing the game, and Ethan from Ethancito, you know. No. Um, Ethan, Ethan logged off before I... Oh, yeah, Ethan logged off, too. So, basically, no. Right now, it's broken. We're going to have to wait for another patch <laughs> until they fix that thing again. So. Boy, and I really hope they do, because I love that game. That, that game is awesome. Really, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it is a good game. That was a really fun game. It is. And, and I mean, they're, they're trying to move in the right direction. It's just that they did the patch before Christmas. They all took Christmas off. So, between Christmas and, like, early uh, January... The people were playing it and the game was broken and there was nobody in the office to fix it. So they didn't come back until like mid-January and then they started working on it again. But honestly, they just kind of left a broken piece of garbage there for a little while. Boy, and that's just the death of a video game if you do that. It is. I mean, you piss you piss the fans, you piss them off, and then you never get them back. You know, that's how the business works, right? So, mm -hmm. except I like it. I'm going to have patience with it because, you know, it's technically still an alpha after, what, seven years? Seven years to die? So, I don't, you know. I started playing it back in like 2014, and I looked at the most recent update, and I was like, the game was better back then. It was. They had a lot and more it's... interesting concepts back then. Like, if you had a piece of meat on you, you would like start smelling, and then the zombies would smell the meat. Yeah, now they yeah. have disabled that. 
but I don't know. I think they're gonna enable it again once they get their act together. But they really, they do really need to get their act together because that game, for some reason, was released on consoles, and I don't know how you release a game that's an alpha on consoles. I don't get that premise. I know maybe they wanted to make money, but I would not. Like the PC gaming community understands about unfinished games, but I don't think the console community is as forgiven in that respect. I don't know what you guys think about that. It also sucks on console. I don't, I don't I don't like it on console just because the inventory system is a lot more messy to navigate. Yeah, because you can just type really quick what you want on the PC and you get it right then. But really yeah. that's that's pretty much yeah. it. So Mopi, what else? Oh, uh, we played we played Borderlands with Mopi, right? Yeah. Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, it was really fun. But not the regular Borderlands. Which one is it? The pre sequel. Yeah. For years, I didn't know that there was a pre-sequel, and then Andrew told me there was one. I'm like, oh, we gotta get that. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to ask Andrew because the game seems a little bit floaty. Where Borderlands 2 was extremely tight on the PC, like mm -hmm. Borderlands 2 played just okay on the consoles, but when you play it on the PC, it plays really tight. Like it's an exceptional game on the PC, and I played it all the way through twice on the console and two and a half times on the PC, including all the DLC. But the pre-sequel seems to be floaty it seems to me like it's a port is that right um i don't necessarily think it's a port but i think that the controls weren't handled by the same team that did the original borderlands okay because, that makes sense um it's it's true on the console and on the pc because i'm one of those idiots that bought it twice mm -hmm. and, me too <laughs> yeah yeah and and it doesn't matter what you play it on it's still that weird kind of floaty um and I don't know why. And the weird thing is, I have Borderlands VR also on, mm -hmm. on PSVR. Okay. And the first Borderlands, I think it's the same team that did pre-sequel because it, even if if you play with a controller instead of the weird uh, VR controllers, if you play with a regular joystick, it still has that weird kind of flatty feel to it. So even the original Borderlands went to that play style, which doesn't bode well for the next Borderlands whenever it does come out. But yeah. It, it, like that's not really game breaking. It's just no. It's not as tight. I mean, as I had the original to, was. I had to twiddle around with the controllers with the settings to get the mouse just right the way I like it. And, yeah. And I and I one of the things I had to do is I had to reduce the resolution to 1080p basically for it to, yeah, I to think be smooth. What happened and, you know. was once the especially the sequel once Borderlands 2 came out on console and it, it blew up on console. Mm -hmm. I think. Even on the PC, they designed it more with the controller in mind rather than mouse and keyboard. Yeah. And I think it was just one of those things. I hope, hopefully the next one, they'll split the teams like they tend to do and to get a real PC okay. build, but I don't know. Well, here's hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love Borderlands. But um, Mopi used to call it, call it Boring Land. Yeah. Back when I used to play it, and then she started playing it, she liked it so much, she stopped calling it Boring Land, so... But now we always call it Boring Lands. Anyway, that's what our Discord channel is called, Boring Lands. Um, <laughs> so, Mopi and I have also been playing, well, in the past couple of months, we've been playing Dead Rising 3. Yes. Because Mopi loves everything zombie, and we've been playing co-op. And actually, there's two videos so far uploaded into the Mutant Donkey YouTube channel that has Mopi and I, you know. And they're not really edited, it's just like the full gameplay, basically. Eventually, I think I'll put enough to like go through the full game, so it'll be Love hours and game. hours. That game is a lot of fun. And it's a lot more fun than the previous two games, in my opinion, because you get a lot more time to do your quests. 
Yeah, I agree. In the first two, you were too busy trying to do your quest before they expired that you didn't really get a chance to enjoy just killing zombies as much. Um, in this one, you can take all the time you want. Just kill as many zombies as you want. It's awesome. So, so eat, which is eat, Ethan from California. What are you playing? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I always have my my backup, which is uh, Rainbow Six Siege. I'm looking forward to the new um, operators that are coming out this month or early next month. Um, we, they've been playing around with a few new mechanics, and it's it's been really fun. And okay. it's one of the more tight first person shooters. Uh, so. Be- because I was getting really used to playing a really tight first-person shooter, I uh, decided to go back and play Aliens Colonial Marines. Oh yeah, you were talking about a, that in the last podcast. It's a really sloppy first-person shooter, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of had some fun with that the other day. Um, but I've been going into doing, um, you know, with, like with Surviving Mars, uh, actually going into like kind of the Sim City, the old, you know. Uh, the old city building simulators because uh, I don't know, it's just a slower pace and you get to, you get to be a little more creative and you get to kind of mouse around with different things. And um, one thing that I actually kind of like about that game is that each one of the colonists that you take up with you, uh, they've got little pluses and minuses. You kind of have to do a little bit of micromanaging, which uh, a lot of people hate in, in their games, but I've kind Mm -hmm. of been enjoying. Um, I've also been playing a game called Star Control Origin. Um, you may not know it, but there was uh, in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, there was a series of games called Star Control, and it was uh, Star Control 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and Star Control 2, uh, Candyman and I used to play all the time, and we just loved it. The music was great. It, had, it was one of those games that had a great sense of humor to it. Um, it was pretty stripped down you were just a little spaceship flying around you know exploring planets uh getting resources and trying to fight you know unearthly alien menace so they've done sort of an updated version of it uh they've they took the music and they they freshened it up but it's still the all the old themes you love um the graphics are really crisp and the part that i really enjoy is that apparently the the developers that made this mm-hmm. uh, did not get permission to do so uh oh, no. so they made an entire game and uh so it was not a remaster it was just uh, an entire new game based awesome. on the old game new game and wow. uh so it got taken off of steam almost oh. immediately but not before i bought it and then i got a copy for Candyman, and uh so now we're playing it and I, I don't know how many people out there are still have or you know would ever be able to get it but it's just such a fun little game but this is star control origins right yes okay i see it on steam right now it's uh, oh really 39.99 it shows you and Candyman uh owning this game so maybe they put well, it back on i sure hope they did because it's a really fun game and it was okay. you know it's that great callback to you know a, a time whenever gaming was a lot more simplistic but also there was a lot you know a lot of the writing was really rich and yeah. this is one of those first games that really delved into the to the storytelling of the game and talking about the old like lucas uh, games like dale the tentacle and all that stuff or well or is this uh, after that no this would have been how is it would have been about the same time but uh whereas like day of the tentacle or the dig were all 
uh, you know, kind of the point and click little, you know, one guy walking around. This was much more of an arcade experience. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. I may actually check it out when it goes on sale, you know. Steam is having so many sales nowadays. So, that sounds good here. I'm going to click on it and put add to your wish list. So. Okay. It's been added. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's fun. It's just a silly little fun game. Okay, perfect. Um, I guess... In as far uh, are you done? Can I go on my stuff or? Are you oh still? yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. Uh, what as are you far as right well, what I'm playing with Mopi, which is the Rising Three and Borderlands a pre sequel, uh, which Borderlands a pre sequel has an interesting mechanic in which this one is the first one where you actually play on the moon, which has lower gravity and you have a, like an air tank. So not only are you running around killing stuff, but you have to worry about your air being filled up. And a lot of times we forget and we get this little alarm going, eh, 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 you're about to die, you know? So it has that added, you know, little mechanic that makes it more interesting, more pressing. And of course, uh, to me, the writing in all the Borderlands movies has been good, uh, movies, uh, games has been good, including, and I think Andrew's going to agree with me, the Telltale game, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, was exceptional, exceptionally good. But yeah, I don't. Awesome. I don't think enough people played it. I don't think people realize what what a gem Tales from the Borderlands is, and I think that it deserves at least this little time in our podcast because the story is insanely good. It's like over five chapters, just like all the typical you know Telltale it's really games. Fun. But it's a fun story. Yeah, it is. It is really fun. But you know, Telltale is now over, so we'll see what happens. I guess I don't know if anybody's going to pick up the mantle. If that thing's just going to dissipate and go away. Um, the other thing that I've been playing is Slay the Spire, and I like card games a lot. And Slay the Spire combines card game mechanics with a roguelike element. So it's like you're doing a, a run and you're climbing floors and killing monsters until you get to a sequence of bosses. I think there's three bosses or something. And so you, each time you do a new run, you're putting together kind of like a unique set of cards. And so you're mixing and matching. Every time you go, you learn how the cards synergize with each other. And so you do a little bit better every time. And so I've been enjoying that a lot. I think Slay the Spire is an extremely good, good game. And it finally got the full release, I think, on January, because it had been on beta for a while. And I didn't really want to play it until... I owned it since the beta, but I didn't want to play it until it got actually released. Um, and so I've been playing it and I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's also one of those games that you can have maybe a video playing in the background and while you play it because it doesn't, although it, it's not super complicated, uh, but it does have strategy, and, but you can kind of play it while you're doing something else. So it's kind of a light game that you can just pick up whenever you want. Similar to what Darkest Dungeon, right? Where you, you just go around and you put your party together and you can just be killing stuff in the meantime. Yeah. It, it's not so so involved that you have to like have a hundred percent attention. You can just kind of play around and you already kind of know the mechanics. So uh, those are good games. Right on. Um, okay. Well, this new segment is uh, Eats Idea, and it's gonna be we're gonna go around the table and we're gonna share what our perfect game would be. If any, I don't know. Are you, were you specific about like whether it be a board game, a video game, or what are the criteria? No, it's just for it? see, we're we've all been gaming for quite some time. I mean, with uh, Moopy and uh, Ethan Cito, we're you know they've been gaming pretty much since they were born, and you know most of us have been gaming since the night you know early nineteen eighties. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, we've got an awful lot of experience, and so I, I was sort of wondering that you know. You always have those people that are 
either complaining about a game or saying how great mm-hmm. a game is. And I think, you know, you got to kind of put up or shut up sometimes. Yeah. And say, well, if you were going to go into this this thing, what would your game be? What would it what would you be bringing to the table that was new or, or you know, innovative? And, and on that same thought, I was thinking yesterday, the day before, I'm like, between Eat, Andrew, and myself, we have over 100 years of gaming experience. Yeah. Between us three, and we have a, over 100 years of gaming experience. That's insane. I, th- I was thinking about the other day, I'm like, holy crap. We, we have gamed a lot in our lifetimes, you know? So, and so, so what does that mean to us? I don't know, I guess, I guess we're about to find question. out. <laughs> so, does anybody want to start first? You know what, is my idea, I'll, uh, I'll take the plunge first. Okay. So, I was thinking the other day, um, over the last year or so, I've caught a bunch of uh, documentaries and, you know, done a little bit of research, and the idea of, you know, religious cults was really kind of fascinating to me. If you guys ever have the chance and you haven't done it, uh, go on Netflix, watch Wild Wild Country, it's, it's insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the for, uh, plug for the documentary. It's a brilliant piece of documentary footage. It owes an awful lot to um, another documentary from the the '90s called Waco: The Rules of Engagement, uh, based on the Branch Davidians. But yeah, we ain't coming out. Start... What's that? We ain't coming out. Yeah, no, and they they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Um, <laughs> the uh... Andrew lived not too far from Waco, by the way. Man, Waco, Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, and so you you look at that and you look at you, and the question is always, well, how how did they get there? And so my idea for a game that I'd love to see is how did they get there? Um, do kind of a Sim City kind of thing, mm-hmm. only have it be that you're developing your own cult. Oh, cool. And. So you've got to kind of, you know, be sort of resource management and, you know, kind of using your ideology to try and get people. So let's say you had, uh, you know, if it was like some hippie, you know, free love and hallucinogenic religion, it would be a lot easier to get people on board, but they would also be a little less fanatical Whereas if you had somebody that was a little more, you know, kind of hellfire and, you know, down with the, the New World Order, it'd be tougher to get people on board, but they would, of course, stay more, you know, they'd stay a little more loyal. And so you set out whatever goal you're going to have to, mm-hmm. you know, take over an area or, become, you know, go above 50 million followers or, or any kind of arbitrary thing. And then you'd sort of have to build your commune and try and manage resources and try and get people sort of on board with what you were saying. And of course, along the way, you have to deal with natural disasters like, uh, you know, income tax evasion and, you know, uh, competing ideologies or, or anything like that. And I don't know, I think it could be a lot of fun. And I think that it would be at least interesting to see what people could come up with for you know for 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 a religion because as it turns out if you've got people that are willing to castrate themselves and dress Mm -hmm. in black sweatpants because a comet is coming by in two years then really where's the line you know that that what you're describing uh, 
uh, strings a note, or what do you call that, strums a note in my mind about a game called Black and White back in the early 2000s. The God game. Yeah, the God oh, game. Oh, yes. yes. Where, where, where you played and then and then you were, I guess you were technically the God and then you would put your avatar, which is like a big monkey or a big monster, and then the, the people would fear you and then they would get back to work and do all their things and you could slap them around. I like Dungeon yep. Keeper a little bit, you know. Uh, and, and I think that's interesting. I, I think that that game had a lot of potential, but I believe the game was not complete to my satisfaction when it came out. And so I'm very interested in your idea because it's kind of like revamping a little bit that idea, but doing it right and doing it all the way through. So Well, I'm, I'm and with black that. and white, you had some really great advances being made in kind of the AI of your, your yeah. avatar on mm -hmm. the world. And I think that that was more what the what the, the developers got kind of enamored with. And while it was impressive for its time, I yeah. do think that it sort of lacked a depth and that you didn't get the you didn't get the whole story through it. Yeah, exactly. It was skin deep. And uh, and yeah, it was interesting. And, and the graphics were really impressive for its time, but it was also very clunky and filled with bugs. So uh, yeah. I think it, it needs to be revisited. And in the same vein that I think that Spore needs to be done correctly as well. Uh, like uh, because that game also had a lot of potential everybody talked about it and boom it kind of didn't deliver so right i mean i guess no man's sky has kind of learned from that and they're actually making it into the game that they advertised so that game is constantly improving and that's a good thing about our time nowadays you know people bring out a game if it's a little bit broken then they make it better back then you got what was in the box and that's it good luck you know maybe there was a patch here and there but they were very rud rudimentary yeah. So nowadays, you can honestly just keep making the game better. You know, No Man's Sky is proof of that, I think. Yeah. So, but no, I'm actually really interested in your in your idea for this. So, is that one where you could like SimCity, for example, played where you're doing stuff and then you can press pause, like the space bar to pause. Would it play kind of like that, where you just pause it? It's kind of real time until you pause it and make people go in different places or things. Like right, that? and the idea of you know kind of sort of dealing with the psychology behind it as well as sort of the physicality of it. I mean, you know, you've you've got to have your, you know, your compound and that has to have something that you're making to, you know, help grow your religion, but you also have to be able to kind of keep the population happy. Yeah, um, yeah. In uh, Wild Wild Country, um, there, the, the leader was basically like, yeah, I, uh, I wanted a big religious following and most of the the people that were sort of in this field were saying you have to be poor and i was like well screw that nobody wants to be poor let's all be rich let's all be rich and be in this religion together yeah and uh you know <laughs> by that point he had by the time he was done i think he had something like 50 rolls royces oh um, man yeah holy crap so, and a really crazy chair that he took with him everywhere <laughs> I, I gotta be honest i would totally become a cult leader if i got to have that chair oh man and, uh, yeah, this game has to have like a, a hard M rating, and I'm in. Okay, there I, would, <laughs> I, I think that, that would be fine. Um, By the way, let me point out that in my wish list, there currently sits a game called Honey, I Joined the Cult. That's all I'm going to say, because I don't know what Sweet. the... I've never seen footage of the game, I just got sold on the title. And so it's on my wish yeah. list. So. Alright, I'm going to have to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, and Ethan just posted the Cultist Simulator, which I actually own. I, I never tried checked it out either. I got it through a Humble Bundle, but oh, I, really? I own a game called Cultist Simulator. Oh, cool. It's on, uh, it's on Steam. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's very sidekissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, I don't know if any of you guys have played it, but I played through that the last Far Cry, Far Cry 5. Uh, no, I haven't played the, it. 
the bones of that game. Oh yeah, a, yeah, I forgot a about that. Family that is a deeply religious cult in Montana. Yeah, and, and you're infiltrating that cult as as uh, some kind of agent. It's a first-person shooter, but I man, it would be awesome to play the other side of that in a sim capacity to build up their their whole Montana cult. By the way, my wife is from Montana, and I uh -oh. told her about that game. Awesome. And I could hear her eye roll from the other <laughs> side. She's like, "Why is it that the only thing people ever think about Montana is a bunch of weirdos, backwoods, and you know Ted Kaczynski?" Awesome. In all reality, no, I'd rather I'm, I'm, be from Montana than Bakersfield. Sorry. No, that's I. I can't find a lot of flaw with that. You can actually, you, you don't have to chew the air in Montana, and it's not a, a uniform, you know, khaki color. Yeah, it doesn't nice. blind you when you get off the plane. So when when my wife uh, moved to to uh, from Montana to Bakersfield, uh, the first day she was here it was 112, and she oh, explained to me. Oh. She moved down here sight unseen. Oh, um, she just got a teaching job. She wasn't able to, you know, up in Montana, it was really competitive and the pay wasn't that great. So she took a job here sight unseen and she said, I stepped out of the car and I was physically incapable of feeling the heat here. It was so <laughs> high that she's like, I couldn't feel anything. Oh, man. So we, we kind of broke her. Yep, it's a big desert. <laughs> You should read it sometime and just tell her you want her to check out this Montana simulator that you found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that worked out real well for me. <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll go with Ethan Cito. Do you have a game that you think would be your holy grail? Oh, you... hang on, Mom wants to talk to me. Okay, hold on. Well, in that case, let's switch to Mopi. Mopi. Yeah. Are you still there? I'm still here. Yay! So what would be your ideal game? The game that you would like for it to exist? If you could make a game. Hmm. It would... it... um... Probably something... Like Ready Player One. Something like that. You mean like a massive multiplayer game where everybody gets together at a hub? And, yeah, I... And you can play. Be... You can play I mean, whatever game. There's already kind of a game like that called VR Chat, but it's really, like, not good. <laughs> yeah, that, that place is dodgy at the best of times. Really? Yeah. I've never even been in there. What, what is it like? Uh, there's just a lot of inappropriate stuff that goes on there. Have, have you ever there? read uh, a YouTube, um, the, the chat, the, the messages at the bottom of a YouTube video? It's that. But with avatars. Oh, great. So a place that I would not like because I'm allergic to like multiplayer people in general. I don't know. Uh, I like co-op stuff, but you know, random people in a room, I don't know if I could handle that. I mean, I would like that, but where it's um, more kid-friendly, you know? You would like that, but with loot boxes? Okay, well, <laughs> where you can RP or play video games just like virtual reality though baby roblox turkeys yes baby roblox turkeys that get married really that's a thing uh -huh. that's a thing okay well i'm learning something now actually yes. kids today with their rock and roll music yeah no kidding it's way too loud no i actually did love ready player one 
I've seen that movie probably eight times already, and it's I, I can't stop watching it. I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe it's all the callbacks to all the stuff that we used to love. I mean, Adventure was my favorite game on the Atari. I didn't know anybody else paid attention to it. And there it is in yeah. that movie, you know? I'm like, holy crap, I love that game. So, anyway. I No, the whole thing, I think it's interesting. So it would be like virtual reality, or just how does it work? Yeah, kind of like virtual reality. It doesn't have to be if you don't want to. You can play on your PC or whatever you play on, but it can be VR. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So, yeah. So, Ethancito, are you available to tell us what your ideal game is? Yeah. Go for it. So, my ideal game would probably be a sandbox game. Because they're so, uh... They're so moddable. You can just make them in anything you want. And, uh... I just like going through different stuff, I guess. Like a Minecraft type, or what? Yeah, I, I like Minecraft a lot, because uh, even if I get bored of the base game, I can look at what other people have done with it, and I can explore. Yeah, because you... Like a whole different game. Because you play like 10 different versions of Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm. You play like role-playing, and what else is there in there? There's like PvP, and there's mini-games, and there's a whole bunch of stuff and there are mods where it's just like survival mode but they put in all this crazy stuff like uh, airplanes or whatever you want mm -hmm. so I guess it would just be something like a sandbox that kinda is like Minecraft but not you know not exactly like Minecraft okay. but just something moldable well, I gotta be honest, that was one of the things that really drew me to Seven Days to Die, is that you, you had those that sandbox element where you could you know, just make it whatever you wanted, and it was structured enough that there was a point, but not so over-structured <clears> that you had to you know, that, that, that you were locked into rails on whatever the game was to come. Yeah, and to that fact, there's a 32 gigabyte mod of that game that has to do with orcs and Fantasyland and all that stuff. And uh, I haven't played it extensively, but I heard that it's a lot of fun. I might have to check that out. Yep. It's through that mod thing that Candyman has. I forgot the name of the modding thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, is this uh, Seven Days to the Launcher, I guess? That's what the application is yes. called? So that's the basic, that's the biggest mod there is, I think. Somebody just rehauled that whole game. And so if you play with that mod, that game will play better than what it's playing right now. Probably twice as good, I imagine. So, anyway, Andrusito, you want to tell us what your uh, favorite game would be, or your perfect game, if you were to design one? So, I, I don't know, I'm kind of an odd bird, because most people have uh, sort of that lane that they stay in. Like, one of my buddies plays nothing but Call of Duty, you know, mm -hmm. and... And Moopy likes multiplayer experiences. Me, I'm I'm all about narrative, narrative experiences, single player games. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, one of the things that that Eat in California said, he brought up Orson Scott Card earlier, mm -hmm. and Orson Scott Card had a game. Uh, obviously, he didn't make the game, but they made a game based on stories that he wrote, and he wrote the the actual story, the plot for this game directly. Um, what it's called uh it was called 
Advent Rising. And man, I love that game. And it was supposed to be a trilogy. And the mythology that he built in the game was so awesome. You start out as a regular person and through the through the story things happen and you evolve into like this just complete powerhouse tank with all kinds of powers that had a skill tree and all kinds of crazy things and I mean you, you were doing awesome things in the game it was broken for a lot of people and I think that's why it didn't succeed and that's why they never made any more um, but somehow it just clicked with me and I, I never had any problems with it Okay. And, and I think those narrative games where that pseudo Spider-Man kind of story where you know you start out weak and build up to being incredibly strong and yeah overcome some kind of crazy narrative uh plot device that all kind of works with me um my, my that's why a lot of my favorite games are on the playstation because they have those story-based more single-player experiences like mm-hmm. uh, david cage uh makes these weird crazy games i don't know if you guys have ever heard of heavy rain or yeah. uh, detroit beyond or become human um yeah. beyond two souls like those games i love because they're basically choose your own adventure movies really more than anything else yeah but if i could have a better playable experience to go along with that storytelling that's what i would want i would want something that that plays like you know triple a uh uncharted or something like that yeah yeah have the, those bones of really great storytelling um so on, on the one side those would be my perfect games uh, not necessarily in any kind of specific genre because i, I play just about anything mm-hmm. but It'd be cool if it was something I didn't think of. Um, and I had to look it up because I don't know if you guys ever played this, but did you guys ever play Brutal Legend? I heard uh, about it. That was the Jack Black one, right? That was the Jack Black one. So that game was insane because it was equal parts uh, action platformer and real-time strategy. Mm-hmm. So two games that do not go together, they mixed and then put Jack Black's voice in it. <laughs> And to me, it was awesome. I loved every minute of it. Every every screenshot of that game is the cover of a heavy metal album from the 80s. <laughs> and, and it's just way over the top and ridiculous, but it's the meshy. It's kind of like, you know how sometimes two of your favorite songs get mixed together for a movie or something. You're like, wow, that's awesome. I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, that's what I would want. I would want something I hadn't thought of, you know, like a, a dungeon crawling first person action platformer. That would be weird, but... You know, something I, I didn't think of that somebody pulls off that mixes all of these things in a way that I, that just works would be awesome. Right that, that that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, so I, I would be happy to be surprised by something again. Yeah, and don't we all? Yeah, I, I guess I'll go next. It's not the last one here. So, uh, Andrew and I, and I think Eden and I, and Andrew, we we all appreciate a good story. Uh, good storytelling is part of our DNA, I think, and so we demand it. We don't expect it. At some points, we demand that kind of storytelling. Um, so I want a combination of storytelling and adventure, because at heart, I've always thought that Dungeons & Dragons is the best game ever made. Uh, whether it's in digital form or board game form, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Dungeons & Dragons. So. I want to combine that with virtual reality. In essence, you do a holodeck, and then you go in there, and then you're thrown into medieval something with fantasy with orcs and then the premise of the thing is to make geeks and gamers a little bit stronger so it also doubles as a workout program because because if you're gonna pick up a sword and it's too heavy for you literally you feel its weight and so if you can't pick it up and fight with it you can't use it (laughs) so basically the 
there, there's not so many stats as your own body is a limitation for what you can do in the game. If you can I dual see. wield and you have the co coordination to learn how to dual wield, well, you can. If all you can do is just wield a regular short sword and a shield, well, you do that. So basically, you limit yourself, but you're immersed in this world of virtual reality where there's a story and you can choose a path. Similar to the game Warband, you're a nobody. And so you're just there, you're not a son of a noble, you're not like the chosen one, you're nobody. You're just hanging out and you're trying to make your way through a medieval period in a fantasy setting. And that would be me. That I would be in that game all, I would forget to eat. I would die because I would be in that game all the time, <laughs> honestly. So, so exactly, yes. I, I there was a, uh, I read an article that was really interesting and mm -hmm. actually why uh, hardcore like uh, World of War, they, it was, uh, talking about World of Warcraft gamers, but it was actually um, the most gamers that are capable of just sitting there and grinding on a game mm -hmm. are actually custom made. They're tailored for going into the gym because they've trained themselves to do something yeah, repetitive. that's repetitive. kind of boring and repetitive. <laughs> and, and that's awesome. Crunching the numbers so that just little tiny incremental gains. Mm -hmm you know, really, really hits their pleasure centers. And if you could make those little incremental games coincide with, you know, also beheading orcs, that would just be... Exactly. That would just be perfect. Raising the weight is a loot drop. I just think we just found the title, actually. That's the name of it. Yeah, yeah. Here, wait, go have ahead. You, guys, you gotta repeat the title. Played, I, I, have any of you guys ever played Beat Saber? Beat Saber? I haven't, but I've seen it. Okay, I'm, I'm a diehard... VR aficionado. I've got Oculus Go, Oculus Rift, PlayStation VR, and I, I don't talk about it a lot just because the adoption rate is so low that it's one of those things that's really hard to to talk about without other people experiencing because it's mm -hmm. so uh, the world building in VR is is not like playing anything else. But conceptually, um, Beat Saber is is a rhythm game. I mean, you have two. Uh, basically lightsabers and you're slicing things in the direction of an arrow based on the beat as the song plays mm -hmm. but I mean it's really simple but the physics are dead on so if that tech was built into a plot line like there's another game called Carnage Chronicles that's really popular um, especially on Steam that's in VR and it's it's a dungeon crawler basically and then there are also games like Quiver, and I can't remember one of the other ones, but they're bow and arrow based physics games. So if you could put all that together and create the game that you're talking about, yes. me too, man. I'm, I'm there. I'm with you the whole time. Like when the Wii came out, I thought, oh, they finally did it, but it was really clunky. And I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. It lasted for five minutes, and I'm like ready to move on. But I want the real game. So, but anyway, Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. By the way, I had to all take right. my pants off because my office was really warm. But I'm wearing shorts before anybody Fantastic. can find yeah. That's how I choose to see this whole scenario. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know so, if it's uh, true or not, but that is how I'm choosing to see it in my head. One one quick thing I forgot to mention. I'm, I'm playing a game called Sundered. Okay. I, I don't know if it's Sundered or Sundred. Have you guys ever heard of that, Sundered? No. So it's a Metroidvania. It's it's a scrolling large map game where you're building up your abilities as you discover new items and things like that. Is it cross-platform or which... Uh... What is it uh, I have it on Steam. Oh, Steam. I have it on Steam, but I think it's on, I think it's on consoles also. I'm not sure. It's an indie game. Okay. But but it's straight up Metroidvania. Like it, it is like playing old school Metroid or Castlevania. Big what map, was it called? Big bosses. It's called Sundered. S U N D R E D. Okay. And uh, it's it's built in the Cthulhu mythos. 
Oh, really? Ooh, yeah. That grabbed my attention so, right away. <laughs> um, immediately, that 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 hit the bone right where Ethan was talking. Where you know what what is your sweet spot of what do you want? You know what what is the game that that kind of hits those those things that you want out of a game? And to me, that that's one of those things I'm talking about that mixes two things I would not have put together. And I mean, I'm loving that too. I forgot to mention it when I'm when I said I was playing something, but yeah. That game's a blast. I really like it. It's really old school platforming and uh, hack and slash kind of things. Metroidvania. It's okay. really good. I guess we should make clear that we all here have a, a Johnson 4 HP Lovecraft. And anything yep. Cthulhu. I mean, we are on board with that. The, uh, the fiction, not the racism. Yeah. There's racism? <laughs> well, if you're Lovecraft, there sure is. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh, not, he was not a big else. fan. No. <laughs> well, I know he was kind of cuckoo. Fiction's but... great. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our next section, which is what are we watching now? What have we watched and what are we waiting to see? This includes TV and movies. So I guess uh, Eat from California, I guess you can lead us off. Well, let's see. Um, I'm always about three months behind everybody else because just like Andrew, you know, the real world just gets in the way all the time. Um, so I just watched, uh, the Natalie Portman film annihilation. And, uh, I've got to say, I was super impressed with it. Um, good, good, good one. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's okay. So I can't really describe it to you because if I, if I give you just the basic plot, it sounds really forgettable and Mm kind of, kind of lame. Yeah. But, you know, it's just oh, this this woman. They, there's this kind of weird energy bubble that has formed, and this this uh, cellular biologist kind of you know her husband reappears after a year, and turns out he was in it, and now there she she's going back in to figure out what's going on, and just to hear it, it's like oh, so you know not much, but oh man, it was it's one of the few movies that I've seen in the last probably two or three years that I've actually had to sit back and analyze and kind of you know think about what it meant mm-hmm. and really worthwhile great visuals a couple of really intense really kind of graphic and unnerving scenes uh the soundtrack in it is what i, I i'm sort of a fan of uh, ambient music just something you can turn on and it sort of sets a mood without needing you know to, to follow lyrics or whatever yeah um, so the soundtrack is that, and it's just beautiful. My wife calls it creepy and oppressive. Um, <laughs> it is. And she, she's not wrong, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I tend to see it for other other purposes. But that movie was really it, something pretty impressive, and I don't think that it's quite getting the... Just because of how hard it is to pitch that idea, I don't think that it's quite getting the, the love and recognition that it deserves. I'm 100% with you. Loved it. Great, great, great. Well, I'm gonna have to watch it. I haven't watched it just because, like you said, it hadn't gotten the love. So I was wondering if it was just a waste of time or not. But now I'm gonna watch. So, so uh, and outside of that, um, I just started uh, watching the series uh, Taboo with um, oh, what's his name? Shoot, it's, uh, Venom. Uh, yeah, it's Venom. Tom, it's, it's Tom Hardy. Game. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's a show about again. I'm just starting it out, but it's about a, a man who's returned 
after going missing in Africa for 10 years. This is the late 1800s in, uh, in London, England. Mm-hmm. And his father has died. And again, a really great tone piece, a really great... Uh, it's, it's beautifully shot, great music. The acting is top-notch, and it is really pretty unsettling uh, with some of the themes that it's that's talking about because uh, while I haven't seen the whole thing I'm I'm reasonably sure that this guy has uh, he's done his sister what you you, you heard that right okay yeah. <laughs> did a double take there what <laughs> and, and you should because that's you don't do that but uh, do that. <laughs> bad baby bad baby <laughs> lots of you red flags pop up at that point if that's if that's a thought you've ever had but uh no it's um it's it's really pretty pretty impressive and they they handle a dark tone really well and really even so okay let's see mopi is there anything that you're watching or you want to see so i was watching well, with you i was watching the walking dead for a little really who lets you watch that mm. you got me into that well yeah what's up with them i Killing guess Carl. I, well, yeah, it's not really a spoilers because that happened a long time ago, technically. We watch it on Netflix, so we watch it like a year late, right? So that's not a spoiler. Yeah, yeah what's up with that? Carl is essential for the next chapter in the comics. Uh, what, what are yeah. they doing? Yeah, it happens. Where'd they come? Anyway, Mopi, what else are you... Shut up. I mean, Mopi, what else um, are you watching? <laughs> I'm not really watching that much. I might um, re-watch Death Note with Mom just because... I was talking to her about it, and she was asking me um, to show her, so... Yeah, the premise of Death Note is enticing, but I think Whoopi has to clarify that it's the anime and not the movie that came out, right? Yeah, yeah. oh no, the movie... Solid choice. Yeah, the, yeah, movie, the yeah. anime is far better. Yeah, the, the premise of Death Note is so enticing. Whoopi, you want to explain what it is about a little bit? Oh, gosh. Uh, um, uh, there's... There's a book called The Death Note, and if you write someone's name down into it, they die. You can, um, you can write how they die, or if not, they just die of a heart attack. Yep, that's pretty much it. Kind of. And then um, <laughs> the main character, he kills murderers when he really is the murderer. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a huge gray area, right? The hero of the story is kind of like the murder murder of the story. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's kind of like anime Dexter, pretty much. Yeah, right. Supernatural Dexter. Yep, yep. Except he can't analyze like splatter and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, Mopi, anything else? Anything you want to watch? Mm, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, I guess let's go to Ethan Cito. What are you watching and what do you want to watch? Uh, I'm not really watching anything right now. No? You watch a bunch of that Japanimation stuff that I can't understand because it's all in <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> oh, is that the one with the uh, people, the, the girls in the schoolgirl outfits? All of them! The one, the one that has the, like, the animal ears? Is that the one you're watching? Yeah, yeah. like 10 of those a day, I don't know. Well, this, uh, he, he better know Japanese by now, I don't know at the rate he's going. Okay, so I'm watching this one called uh, That One Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. What? So it's like this guy gets stabbed in the street, 
and then he dies, and then he wakes up in like a fantasy world, but he's a slime. <laughs> is that it's really what you watch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that really? <laughs> come on, man, come clean. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his adventures as a slime. But that's not no. the only thing you just no, watch. This, we, huh? Oh, go ahead. Is this slime as in like somebody who's like, you know, of low moral character, or is he just like a puddle of goo? He's a puddle of goo. <laughs> Alright. I would like to He's see how that <laughs> He's a puddle of goo. Oh man. That's awesome. Okay, well let's go to Andrusito and see what are you watching. Alright, well, I'm watching my usual guilty pleasure WB lineup of crap. Uh, <laughs> I watch all that stuff. Um, drama wise, I'm still watching. Uh, yeah, I just went blank. Uh, million little things, and This Is Us. Those both are, are decent shows. Um, but what I'm really enjoying are uh, Deadly Class and The Passage. Those those shows uh, are getting my attention lately. What's The Passage about? So The Passage is. Um, Roughly, uh, sort of a a modern tale on uh, present day vampire story. Oh, okay. Where uh, it's very scientific. These two scientists are looking for a cure for one of their wives who has um, Alzheimer's, and they go oh. out to the jungle because they hear about this thing. And one guy gets infected. Long story short, he's a vampire. But they don't call it a vampire because vampires aren't real. So, huh. uh, and that's that's a quote from the show. Okay. And then uh, what's his name? Mark Paul Gosler, dude from Saved by the Bell. Uh, he is some sort of special agent man, and he was sent to get a girl and bring a girl back because they think that's what's happening with their. They're using death row inmates for humans. Uh, trials. Oh, okay. And so they have all these, which is real smart, right? Because you have all these killers that are now vampires. Wait a second. I, I know why I recognize that title. Isn't that based on a book by Justin Cronin? Yes. It's a trilogy. Well, Three you, books by Justin Cronin. You do know that Justin Cronin is a professor at Rice here in Houston. I did not. And I, I do now. And I actually started reading that book. That's why, that's why in the back of my mind, that sounds so familiar. I just okay. remembered. I, I've read almost half of the first book. Of the passage. So yes. So you know what the book is, and, and yes. that's what the show is, and the show stays very true to the series. So okay. So I'm uh, gonna have to finish you... that book before I start the series because I'm like that. I have to yeah. read the book first. Well, so. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna do sort of the Walking Dead thing eventually because mm -hmm. the show, to me, it starts out a little weak. It has some sort of weak writing in the first episode to kind of set things up. Mm -hmm. But every episode after that gets exponentially better so okay. i think what they're going to end up doing is stretching this out a lot more than those three books okay uh, and not in a bad way and in, in a really good way it, it's really great storytelling and um one of my favorite series of books of all time are the necroscope series i don't know if you guys know those yeah. by brian lumley um the best part of those books is just how he wrote the just the alien nature of the vampire and how they think and how they act and all that stuff how conniving and uh to me that's that's part of what makes this so awesome because they're all sort of pseudo connected, almost Borg like with the, they're all connected to the first guy and they all can appear to each other. Okay. And when they appear to each other, they look normal, but they do not look normal <laughs> uh, in their cells with, 
it, it's kind of cool because there is a lot of plotting and manipulation going on that nobody knows about because they're communicating with one another. They think they're sort of comatose. It's it's really good. I highly recommend it. Okay, cool. That's awesome. The funny story is that Anne, when she was working at Rice, her boss was reading those books because, you know, she knew the professor from there and so they kind of passed those books on to me and I started reading That's them. Cool. So, I don't know. Funny coincidence, I guess. Um, where Who are we on? Me? I think so. Okay. Uh, what am I watching? I don't remember. I don't have any idea. Yes, I do. I watched The Punisher. I found my show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching The Punisher, which I finished watching that, what was that, season two of The Punisher? Uh, Punisher is going to be one of my favorite Marvel characters. I wouldn't call him a hero or anything, but he's my probably my favorite Marvel character just because he doesn't have any powers, technically, I guess. Uh, kind of like Batman in the Marvel Universe a little bit. Um, it's exceptional. It's got the girl from... At the very beginning of the show, it's got the girl from Man of the High Castle, which is another show I'm watching. Man of the High Castle, I'm on... What, we're on, what, season three? That show is great, based on books. I think, Ethan, Ethan Cito, probably, you read the first book, or no? Oh, the Man of the High Castle? But I thought you had it or something. Anyway. Yeah, I have it. I haven't finished reading it, though. Okay, but it's a very compelling story. What would happen if... Uh, the Nazis war, won the war, similarly to what's that other game that we play, Andrusito? That uh, Wolfenstein. There you go, Wolfenstein, similar to Wolfenstein, and and so that's that's extremely interesting to me, and and it's a very very dark show. You gotta watch it when you're like not in a depressed mood or anything, because the opening song will like bring you to tears. Uh, but no, it's it's pretty cool. Um, let's see, we're watching. We watched the first season of Sex Education. That's an extremely hilarious show, very well written. It's got a very good story in it. Now, they have to do all the outrageous stuff to try to hook you into the show, right? But once they get through with that, the show actually has very good bones. Like, it, it can stand very well on its own without having to resort to any crudeness or anything. But, you know, there still is. But, you know, for the most part, the show is actually very well written. It's a very good love, love story, I think. Um... And then, uh, what is it? What is today? Sunday, Friday night, we went to see Battle Angel Alita. How was that? That was a great movie. It was freaking insanely good, man. I'm in love with that movie. I was in love with that movie the second it started. That thing just grabbed me from beginning to end, and it's a beautiful. And you know what? The first good cyberpunk thing ever that I've ever seen, like the truly great cyberpunk, the cyberpunk era is finally here to the main to the masses. I'm so excited. You know what I wanted to do when I got home? I wanted to go play Cyberpunk 2077 from City Project Red, which is supposed to be out this year, hopefully, right? Oh, I'm really but looking man, forward to that game. I either need to play Shadowrun or I need to freaking play Cyberpunk, man, because that movie, I want to watch it tonight. Again, I want to take Moopy to go watch it. That movie just yeah, captured everything in me. That movie is insanely good. Now, now the weird thing is the critics are like at 59%, but the users, the regular people like you and I, whatever, they're at 90 yeah, a ninety percent, you know, approval. Well, and okay. I was a little worried about it because as I was watching the trailers, um, they've got elements from basically the first four series. I mean, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages, uh -huh. and the 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 comic book was so it was so deep, and and it was, you know, you it didn't take any cheap or easy ways out. I uh -huh. mean, the bad guys were terrible. But then you kind of get to see why they're terrible, and mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him. And 
yeah, they've got to die, but we should also take a moment and sort of realize why they got there. Um, and so I was kind of worried they were trying to shoehorn too much stuff in. Okay, so that leads me directly to what I wanted to say. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I want to see it a lot. What I've been seeing in the split for as far as the reviews go, and I'm not talking about the critics that don't know anything about mm-hmm. anime and this and that, but um, to me, the movie looks awesome. I can't wait to see it personally. I cannot wait until Ethan in California sees it because I'm not as familiar as you are with the anime. Um, I do know about it, but I didn't read all of it. So I'm going in just like Andres did, and I think I'm going to love it. But what I've heard is the people that are huge fans of the anime are disappointed. And they think it's good, and they're not unhappy, but they just wanted more based on the all of the writing. I think there was yeah, a man. lot. They put a, that, that movie runs in a long time, too. It's like 2 hours and 15 or 2 hours and 20. I mean, it's, the, it's not. It's it's really deep, though. That that's the problem. Is the, well, no, the, there is character development, and this is by no means the only movie. And they made that really clear that this is yeah. not the only movie. But but I don't know how much, like like Ethan from California was saying, I don't know how much of the of the first four novels they put in there. I, I have no clue because I never read it, so I have no fulcrum, no way to measure how far they went or if they should have gone as far as they did. I have no clue. All I know is that it was a very compelling story. It had great character development. You know, I thought I was not going to be able to form any entanglements with cyber people, and I was. And that surprised me, because I thought I was, oh, they're just like half-robot, whatever. But man, I kind of fell in love with the characters. That's what, and guess what? Jennifer Connelly is yeah, in the freaking movie. Good God, that was okay. such a callback. That, that, I saw her, and I'm like, oh, this makes that movie that much better. It's just like, holy crap, you know? Our, our childhood crush, our collective childhood crush is in this movie, man. <laughs> And then stop pretending that it's not. I mean, good God, she's in there. It's beautiful. I mean, I got chills. It is good. To, it is good to see uh, her getting work these days. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. it is. It's it's awesome, and, it, and it's a strong female role, you know, and it, and it's a great role, and I love it. You know, no problems here. It's awesome. Now that being so, said, you had also brought up um, Cyberpunk. What is it? Twenty seventy seven. I'm oh, wondering yeah. when that thing's gonna drop, man. I'm I'm jealousing. So, I'm gonna buy it. I need to get that my hands on that game. I, I I saw a preview of that thing. And it looks so good. It looks so good on the YouTube that I stopped it because I didn't want to spoil it for myself because I'm so much into the story. I don't want to spoil it, so I don't want to. You know. Yeah. After you moved to Texas, um, Andy and I were Candyman and I were looking for a new group to role play with and the guys that we fell in with played cyberpunk uh 2020 which mm-hmm. was the, the name of the role-playing game yeah um incidentally the uh the character on the front had this jacket and that is the jacket that the protagonist in this one is wearing so as soon as i saw it on the the playthrough the gameplay demo i was just you get that little squee sound oh, going on yeah, yeah. Was, but um i actually have a i, I love that game because we played with that group we played two different games one of them was cyberpunk uh 2020 and the other was the aliens role-playing game sweet oh cool. and i i adored it because for some reason andy got murdered every single time <laughs> he never died in dungeons and dragons never died he did die once in dungeons and dragons he will never let me forget it oh that is true he had a 98 percentile chance of making it and he rolled 99 and he died and that that may be why he's stuck in the place that he is right now because he's (laughs) never but uh no it's hilarious because um in the aliens role-playing game which is admittedly a character killer game it's designed to just wipe everybody out yeah um we all rolled up two characters his first one died 
about 20 feet from the lander. The second one died uh, as he looked through a doorway, and basically all we saw was just his feet go shroom right into the door. Um, I was the only person that had a character that lived all three scenarios of that campaign, and technically the last scenario, he was in a coma the entire time. So <laughs> literally he was just in an isolation too. It reminds but, me um, of a certain character that got put in jail for the whole scenario. I wonder who that was. I we're playing, uh, remember that. Well, we're playing uh, Serenity. Yeah. yeah, no, mistakes were made. Mistakes <laughs> were made. We don't judge. Lessons learned. Yep. And yes, definitely if you try to set the sheriff's department on fire <laughs> while the sheriffs and all the citizenry are watching, you're probably going into the pokey for a bit. And this was but, when, uh, when, when Ethan Cito met Ethan from California for the first time, right? <laughs> for the first and only time. Yes, yes, that's true. So anyway, continue with your... Well, what I was going to say was, is that was such a great game, and it was that it was that that coalescence of of the spirit of cyberpunk. I mean, you you had those tech noir kind of elements in society, so you could watch Blade Runner or even Johnny Mnemonic. You, yeah, sir. But it, you could never really interact with it, and then that game came out and just blew the doors off of off of you know a lot of people and i absolutely heard it so i i can't wait for that game to come out yep you're here so okay well i guess now we can go to the news what do we have for the news what does what do people want to talk about related to what's happening in the community? all right so first and foremost i want everybody in the world to get over Will Smith as a genie. I don't get it. I really don't I, get it. I could not care less <laughs> about that. Yeah, it wasn't the best CG in the world, but why, oh, why are we hung up on that? Well, they cast Will Smith to play the genie. Did you really not think it was going to look like Will Smith? <laughs> and, you know, on what was it, the, the cover of Entertainment came out and it, it's just will smith in a genie outfit and it's like look pretty good and everybody's like but no he has to be blue and then they make him blue and everybody's like but no it has to be robin williams and they're like well there's <laughs> that's that's be robin a bit of a problem with that idea it yeah. has to be robin williams with will smith's voice I, oh yeah so no come on everybody let's just let's yeah, just go I'm, over this one i'm Wait. with you 100 percent on that one too that's ridiculous i just don't understand I'm, I'm worried about will smith from a different perspective and that is that for the past 10 years in my opinion he's the best role that i've seen him play was the role in suicide squad i really haven't seen a lot of great stuff from him as an actor i don't know if it's the casting or what uh, although he, well, he was in this good movie where he played the hobo what was that movie i don't know i don't remember but there was one that was like Oscar worthy the that he did. Pursuit of Happiness. There you oh, go. I, I know that he's got chops, but what's happened to him in the past ten years, or what? Why? It it all started with that movie that him and his son did. I forgot what that thing was called, but nobody watched oh, it. Oh, uh, After Earth. Yes. Yeah. But but since then it's like he like after that we we do the remake of Independence Day or the sequel and that thing bombs. He didn't do and, that. Uh, well, so here's the thing, Will Smith. A, really does have acting chops. I mean, if you ever watch him in Six Degrees of Separation, you, you just know yeah. that this guy... Yeah, well, that's the best movie he ever did. Uh, yes, easily. 
Um, but he's had some really strong, dramatic performances. And the thing is, is that because people want to see Men in Black and because they want to see, you know, his, you know, his lighter kind of comedic stuff, a lot of his, you know, kind of the, the seriousness that he has as an actor gets kind of thrown by the wayside. And the thing is, is that he hasn't been choosing... It's not like the movies that he's been making recently are worse. It's just that the kind of his sticky, you know, thing is kind of running a little thin. Yeah. If you're still playing Agent J, you know, 20 years later in a different role, it's a little tired. Yeah, it's like Adam Sandler playing the same role over and over again until it gets cold. Oh, the saddest I mean, part of just... that comment is his next movie is going to be Bad Boys 3. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is Martin going to be in it? Yeah, yeah, they're both okay. in it. They're filming right now. Did you guys? Um, I, did either of you guys see Bright though? I'm going to be watch cautiously optimistic. No, I haven't seen Bright. Bright was awesome. I saw it and I wa- okay. This was for me as a as I put on my writer hat when I oh just yeah like I really want to see this and for me it was late it was super lazy world building and so so I it kind of lost me there but again. I didn't have any problem with Will Smith's performance. I didn't, you know, the, the people that were acting in it were doing just fine. The direction and the art, you know, all the art direction was fine. It was just, it, it, it was a missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think it, it connects directly with what we're saying. I think my expectations were so low, especially <laughs> since uh, it was also straight to Netflix, that I, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty awesome. All right. Well, and I can't argue with that point because but, really there are those times whenever you go into expectations. I mean, to this day, the Thirteenth Warrior is one of my top twenty favorite movies of all time, just because I went in thinking this is going to be garbage, and then it was actually pretty serviceable. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that movie. That's the one with Antonio Banderas. <laughs> we both went in thinking that was going to be the best movie ever I made. I know, and we were like, uh, what the hell? Yeah, we came out like somebody peed in our Cheerios. I know. <laughs> I still got that taste in my mouth, in my left cheek. Yeah. No. yeah. So, but let's... But let's I mean, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but, you know, people are... You know, I've heard people saying, well, you know, he's taking all these bad roles. And I'm like, yeah, but he also made Wild Wild West. So let's don't pretend that he just... For the, for the beginning of his relation... Or his... Uh, uh, you know, relationship with Hollywood for his career that he somehow always just picked the best roles because mm-hmm. he didn't. He just he got by on it because he was Will Smith. Yeah, and you know, rightfully so. He was he's charismatic and he's fresh, but he can't really rely on that now. But it's interesting yeah. because his curve was inverse to Jamie Fox. I always thought Jamie Fox was a guy that could never act and was like really bad comedically, and then suddenly his career took off. I'm like, wow, here's the best actor in the world. And then as so he, he was rising, Will Smith was fine. I'm like, holy crap, what's happening? We live in an alternative world or something. So uh, I guess you didn't tune in every week for In Living Color then? No, really. Yeah. Jamie Foxx was awesome. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I was, never, I, I, I was never an In Living Color guy, but yeah. I don't know. Not really. Um, okay. Well, what's, let me ask. Let, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about EA for a second because I'm very curious as to why PlayStation is not showing up at EA, and I know Andrew's going to have the answer. You mean E3? Uh, sorry, did I put E? Oh, I have EA in my. Ah, freaking! I misspelled it on my notes. E3, sorry, not EA. So you, you had something with two characters in it, and you got one of the characters wrong. Well, I got the other <laughs> yeah, 120 characters right. 
<laughs> yeah, I had one job and I mistyped one of the two characters. Yeah, I'm like EA. Yeah, that's not right. So. No, the the E3 disappearance is not a surprise at all. E3 has been in shambles for the last 15 years. Uh, more and more people are not doing E3. It's why Nintendo started doing their own Nintendo Directs mm -hmm. a dozen years ago. So, no, it's not a surprise. And also, uh, Sony started doing their their own PlayStation show um, just a couple of months later every year also. So yeah. So do you E3, think they, they're going to announce the next PlayStation this year? They probably will, yeah. I think everybody is. They're trying to, to move it forward now. They have no reason to, but they'll probably move it forward because Xbox is already going to start with theirs. Does that but, mean but that there is... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say E3 started out as a... As a, as a um, not a consumer show. It, it, it started out as press and retail. Mm -hmm. And so you were going to show new things because you wanted space on shelves, basically, is what E3 started out as. Yeah. And it was cool when print media was really big because that ended up being really big for people like us that, that want that coverage in a magazine. But mm -hmm. now that you're getting that coverage year-round through yeah. the internet... Yeah, um, instantaneously too. Three lost its power. Like, mm. even the the releases don't come once a year anymore. They come throughout the year because there's just too many. So, and and even the exclusives on PlayStation, which uh, Sean Layden, the the president of PlayStation, even said they're they're going to do less games. They want to do exactly what I was talking about with what we want. PlayStation's focusing more on those narrative driven. They want to do fewer, but triple a high-end long longer games so they're not going to have as many and yeah. why would you go to e3 when you're going to show the same three games you've shown for the last two years yeah exactly um, which days gone if you guys don't know about it go check that game out that game is my my highest anticipated game right now that's coming out later this year what is it about um, uh it's another zombie game oh okay that's that's the easiest thing i can say but it's more like world war z um there are herds and the herds act pseudo independently. You you can split them up, but they're also smart. So they will flank you, and they will do weird things, and they mm -hmm. climb, and uh, you you can't get away from them. It's really difficult. So you need to sort of fight them in a smart way. You need to sort of three hundred them, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so. And you are uh, a motorcycle dude, and your motorcycle is basically uh, so built into the game that it has its own tech tree. Oh, so okay. uh, it's it sounds really promising. There's a lot of really cool ideas in it, and then animals are involved also, which is really cool. That's that's kind of the new thing with um, Exodus, also. Um, so is that game on the Last of Us Two? Is that going to come in the next uh, generation platform, or is it going to be compatible with the PlayStation Four? You think? So that's what I was trying not to talk about when you guys are talking about <laughs> uh, that other game. Uh, that other game is probably going to be next gen, which. The bad news to that is it means it's going to take longer to get to Steam. That That's the bad side. It's yeah. going to take longer to get to PC because they're going to wait and push it out on next-gen consoles. Okay. Um, Last of Us 2 and Days Gone are both going to be this generation. They're coming out this year. So Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll those, play those. Those you don't have to worry about, but, but I'm worried about that other one. Uh, I don't even want to mention it because I'm, I'm hoping if I don't speak its name, it won't come okay. to fruition. All right. But yeah, as far as E3 goes... It's not a surprise. Um, EA left E3 for a while. Uh, 
Blizzard left E3. You you know that they have their own yeah yeah invention. yeah. Um, Blizzard has never played well with anybody else. For and and the really funny part about it is there there mm-hmm. are some of the companies that are having shows and and showing things off literally two hotels down the road during E3, but they don't reserve the space at E3 because they don't want to pay for it. Oh, I see. They don't see oh, the benefit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so even Got that's it. been going on for years also. Mm-hmm. So for Sony to say, you know what? Never mind. We don't we don't need it. Yeah. It's not that big a surprise. But the funny thing is that it's bad press because people don't don't know the history. They don't mm-hmm. know what's been going on. Yeah, yeah. Already. They don't know what's happening. So I'm glad. Well, people right. who listen to so, our podcast will know what's happening. So, uh, yeah. But, and and, I, and I'm not a, a PlayStation fanboy. I have all of them. I have Xbox mm-hmm. and I have the Switch and everything. So yeah. uh, it's not that. But when Xbox says, hey, you know what? We're there for you fans. We're going to be there. We're going to show you some great stuff. We've got a lot of new games, blah, blah, blah. Everybody thinks, oh, yeah, Sony dropped the ball and now Xbox is the one. They're awesome. Yeah. But it's not really that. It's it's They're basically the ambulance chaser now that's, that's jumping in to fill the void and try to get more sales. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're we're starting to run a little bit short on time, so I guess we're just gonna hit a couple more topics and call it a day. Um, I guess we're gonna talk about February twenty-two, right? Because there's like three major games dropping, right? That day, there's like Anthem. Is that when Resident Evil Two Remake is dropping? Resident oh. Evil Two is available now. Oh, it's available now. So which one's the other one? Devil May Cry. That's dropping on the twenty-second. No, the Division that's Two, right? Later. No, that's not coming out. I don't think no. it's October. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what else is coming out. Maybe actually. Metro. Metro Exodus? No, oh, I think. that might be. Maybe. That might be. Yeah, so yeah, Anthem and Metro Exodus. I was really excited for Anthem, but I don't... Until? I don't know. There, I, I saw gameplay and stuff like that, and it, it looks tight, but it looks like there's still a bunch of bugs in it. I don't know. It's, I'm more excited for Cyberpunk 2077, honestly. That's going to be my game. And I know yeah. I do trust CD Projekt Red. I trust him with my life. So, you know, yeah. Witcher all the way. So, yep, I agree. Anyway. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up, because maybe Moopy would like that, is that there's going to be a Dungeons & Dragons starter set for Stranger Things. Yeah, I saw that. I was looking at that. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yep, and that is going to be really cool. You get to play as the characters, I think, and then you get to play against the, what is the big bad? The Demogorgon. The Demogorgon, man. Yeah. You get to play against the Demogorgon, and it's a whole adventure thing. So it's going to be a sequence of adventures. I don't think it's just one. I think they're going to start evolving that world. So that's going to be really awesome. cool. We should have like a little side adventure and play that, you know, amongst friends. So the other thing I want to talk about, I'm going to go to OwlCon this weekend, which is the Rice convention, comic book convention. And so I'm making some business cards for the Patreon and I'm going to be playing for the first time D&D 5th edition because I've been playing Pathfinder, but I'm going to try it. And then uh, we're going to play this game what is it? Is it Golem? Like an old game from the 80s or something? I don't know if it's Golem or whatever. Um, I yeah. vaguely remember that one. Where, um, where that's one, one of those ones where you'll stumble across it sometimes in those, uh, if they even exist anymore, those old game shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, that was one where I was getting into D&D. Uh-huh. I mean, like, you know, I played it a little bit when I was really, really young brother and then whenever i was getting into uh D back into role playing in high school that was one of those games that would kind of pop up on the periphery of everything is that i thought the premise was that one person plays a golem and is trying to move through the board and then everybody else is playing against the golem trying to stop him or something is if that... i remember correctly that's what it was okay so i'll be learning how to play apparently there's a new edition of the game you know uh nowadays so we're gonna learn that on saturday so 
We'll see. We'll, we'll see report back to us because I'd love to hear if that one's okay. getting new luck. Yeah, yeah, and I'll talk to people. I'll try to draw some business, you know, see if we can get more people to listen to our podcast and, you know, promote promote the Meat and Donkey brand, you know. Is there anything anybody wants to talk about before we sign off? Uh, I've just got one quick fun fact. You'd mentioned uh, off to the side uh, about Netflix and how it's weird that things will show up overseas. Oh, yeah, because I was um, I was in Colombia. You know, I just came back from Colombia like a week and a half ago. And I was browsing through my uncle's Netflix. I only watched one movie, which was Roma. Excellent movie, but good God if it's freaking draining. Um, but I saw that that DC show with the Titans, mm-hmm. the real yep. live action show, was in Netflix. I thought that was a property of DC. What what is it doing on Netflix? It's owned by Warner. But but the funny thing is, the reason I was able to give you sort of I don't want to go into it now because we don't have a lot of time. But yeah. I was able to give you such a cohesive answer is because there was one movie that came out that was released day and date mm-hmm. on Netflix. That it was in the theater overseas. Do you guys know what that movie was? It was recently, like, within the last year or so, and it caused a big stink here in the states. And it really caused a big stink with me because I really wanted to see it really bad. I read about it, and I don't remember the name of the movie. <laughs> it was Annihilation. It was the movie. Oh that yeah. just talked about. Yeah. Uh, that movie was released day and date overseas, and you could watch it on Netflix when it was in the theaters. And yeah. we here in the states had to wait, like, man, over a year for it to be streamable. Wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's why it was because of all that that I dug into it and learned all the the, the rights things for overseas versus the states, and that that's what it comes down to is the the legality of it's different overseas. Okay. Well, that's good. I guess uh, if nobody else has any thoughts, I guess we can start. We can wrap it up, and uh, and I guess we will get together back what mid March to record another podcast. Yeah, yeah sounds no, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and edit this thing and. Uh, and give it to you guys on the patreon i'm just gonna have like the sample but i'll give you guys a full copy of it so you guys can give it to whoever you want it's just that for the patreon purposes i give a little teaser and then people have to subscribe if they want you know okay the, the full that episode, sounds fantastic but, but yeah you guys go ahead so but thank you all for joining me on the second episode of the mutant donkey podcast um, you know it's always great to be here it's great talking to all of you yeah, All thanks right. a lot, guys. Yeah. Catch you later. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Until Cheers. next time. See you later, alligator. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mutant Ducky podcast. If you'd like to contact us, please send us an email at mutantducky at gmail.com. That's mutantducky with a three instead of an e at gmail.com. We will also put this email address in the show notes. Thank you.